Hello, boys and girls. Welcome back to Texas Podcast Massacre. I'm indeed your host, Tank Rodriguez. Joined with me are horror, horror experts extraordinaires. We got Dirty Dirty Derek. How you doing? I'm doing good, sir. How are you today? I am great. Uh, and then, of course, we got Jimothy James Dean. How you doing, man? Sup, sup, sup. How you digging the, the background music now that you can hear it? Yeah, you know, I was gonna do like a horror theme song, but it's like, of course. But everyone knows it's a horror show, you know what I mean? So, it's kind of I, I like I like mixing up the theme song yeah. all the time. Yeah, so I think this, yeah. this one's good. It, it, it ain't all creepy. It ain't all yeah. creepy up in here. Well, it's about to be creepy, right? It's about to be creepy. Yeah, because yeah, really there's, I mean, the creepy. thing is, like, the three common ones are like, uh, like, pipe organ-y kind of like 60s like spooky music or it's fucking john carpenter-esque like you know synth stuff or it's like death metal so it's like i like that's not necessarily like let's mix yeah let's mix it yeah, up it kind of sounds like a uh uh like it, it belongs on the soundtrack of the crow that's what <laughs> that, okay know, like, like, or, a stone, like, or, a stone, or, like a stone temple pilot yeah or at minimum one of the resident evil movies Oh, that, that too. Yeah, that that works too. Uh, and speaking of uh, soundtracks and all that stuff, what, what have you been watching this past week? Holy so shit! Cool. So much, <laughs> like more stuff than we could even talk about, honestly. With uh, but tons of stuff. Some stuff I'm really excited to talk about too. Okay. You, well, I went first last time, uh, Jimmy. So if you want to go first, that's okay with me. All right, so I'm, I'm I've been watching so much stuff. I've actually had to take to writing it down so I can remember everything. <laughs> didn't even because I wanted to put on the stuff that I most wanted to talk about, uh, whether because it was really good or really lame. Um, but the first thing I'll talk about is, a, is an '80s movie, like early '80s. It's '81. Um, a movie called Dead Kids, or also released as Strange Behavior, um, an American movie, but it was actually filmed in uh, New Zealand. Um, weird movie. Uh, it's uh, it's like it's, it's actually really hard to explain, but basically, uh, these there's like kids or these like college students are getting killed, and then you find out there's like this like these the main hero kid is like going to this like his best friend takes him to get this like they're in, they're like I don't know if they're high school kids who are trying to like find a college class or I don't or they're just shadowing a college class it was a little bit vague or maybe i just wasn't paying close enough attention but anyways but through this like college course and this college teacher they end up doing all this like experiment like medical experimentation anyways but it's basically like a slasher with a weird sort of like mind control bent um wasn't particularly bad wasn't particularly great but it was just interesting because i'd never seen it before and usually that period of films i'm really well uh you know, it's, I like finding movies I haven't seen because it's like a little gem. Um, but again, it wasn't wasn't anything to write home about. But it, I just found it was interesting. Um, I did watch The Forest. I've been watching all these Japanese tour doc uh, videos and stuff already. So, and I mean, there's been a few movies about the suicide forest in Japan, whether both documentaries or like movies. But um, you know, this one had you know, it was American film. Um, had uh, I forget the actress's name, um, but. She, um, Melisandre, I can't, I forget the name. No, no, she was one of the, I, I'm so bad with, uh, she was on Game of Thrones anyways. Uh, but it's like, a, basically this, she's, finds out her, she has a twin sister. She, her twin sister ran off to Japan. She's one of those girls who had all these problems in life and sort of ran off to Japan to teach Japanese just to like kind of reset her life. But anyways, but she ends up going missing. Uh, she, her, the, she teaches uh, English student English at this Japanese school, and all of the kids say, "Oh yeah, she went off into this in the suicide forest, and she's never coming back." So her sister goes to investigate it. Um, it's got a real like the ending you can see coming a mile away, um, but it was fun. And like I, again, I think I I especially liked it because uh, I've been watching all these documentaries and travel shows about Japan, and I'd already seen some about Mount Fuji and specifically this portion of Mount Fuji that has the suicide forest. Um, I watched a movie, uh, a uh, a um, don't know. What, I'm forgetting the term. Uh, like an anthology horror movie called Weird Fiction. Uh, it was fucking awful. I made it through two thirds of the movie and just turned it off because it was so bad. It was like a low budget. I think it's on Shutter. I, I think it's on Shutter, but uh, it was it was awful. It was straight up garbage. Uh, one star at best. It was like. 
everything about it. it was so corny and like the anyways it was terrible it was but it was like is an it, anthem. Is, it, is it worse than glenn dancing and eyeball boobs at least glenn i mean there's nothing worse than that but it's also at least that was interesting because it was so what the fuck this was just bad like it was just boring and bad it was uh, trying to be like this like you know, the, even the guy that I think it was actually the director and writer was trying to be like this Crypt Keeper character, but it was so poorly done. Terrible, terrible movie. Um, but I also watched this movie called One BR, One Bedroom, um, uh, that I really liked. It wasn't a great movie, but it was really interesting. The concept was really interesting, and the ending was really uh, kind of like, oh, fuck, that's okay. Um, won't spoil it because a lot of it is the premise. I don't, so I won't spoil it. But basically, this girl moves uh, to LA and is trying to get away from her father and his and his her stepmom, who basically treat her like she's an idiot and a kid. So she's and she has this contentious relationship with her her father. So she they don't believe she can you know take care of herself. But so she moves off to LA to become a seamstress or like you know do costumes for films, and she basically moves in this apartment building and. Uh, Weird shit starts happening to her, and then we take it from there. Like I said, it won't spoil anything, but it, it was fun. Like it wasn't a great movie, um, but it was an interesting concept. And I think by the end of the movie, it really did what it set out to do well for what it was. You know, small budget, small indie movie. Um, last one, over, I'm trying to burn through these because we, you know, get sort of linger on these so much that we end up half the podcast. But the last one I do want to talk about a little bit more in depth um, is this movie, The Shed. Um, so. It's getting a lot of attention. Um, it's it's on uh, Shutter. Usually, the people that rave about the Shutter move, move the Shutter exclusives, I usually end up getting a little uh, disappointed when I watch them. And I'll be honest, at the first like ten minutes of it, I was like, "Oh, this is not going to be good." But um, but it surprised me. Honestly, I actually ended up really liking it. So one thing. So I'll give you a very quick synopsis. Um, uh, the beginning kind of gives you a swerve because you see this kid, like this like senior in high school kind of age kid, and you think he has this great life, and then they throw you a swerve that he was remembering something from the past, or sort of like, and his life now isn't so hot, and he lives with his abusive grandfather. Um, but it basically, uh, it's a vampire movie, uh, and it's an interesting way to take on it. Um, there are some things, first off, uh, uh, James Whale, um, is that his name? Uh, the guy from like Career Opportunities is great. Swimming with oh. sharks. Oh, uh, is it is it uh, Frank Frank Whaley? Frank Whaley, exactly. Thank you. Um, yeah. He uh, he's he's he. I don't want to spoiler, but he's in the movie, and he's definitely the best actor in the movie, and he basically has no lines, which is very weird. Uh, but I actually really liked it. One thing I liked about it is. They were, did some smart things with the script. Uh, again, no spoilers, but like you see this kid, the main hero, um, who's a, you know, it's like he's way too cute and good looking. He's this, like young, cool looking kid. And he's, you know, he's kind of like the, the picked on dork. Him and his best friend are the picked on dork at the school. And you're like, this kid is like, looks like he's a fucking Amber Crummy and Fitch model. Like, what is? Why would this kid not be popular? So that's a little stupid. But um, basically they throw some curveball, like they do something really smart at the beginning, which if you've seen movies, you go, Oh, I know where this is going. They, uh, and again, I don't want to spoil it, but, and they kind of touch it back at the end of the movie, this thing that they kind of foreshadow in the beginning, but they flip it on its ear. They subvert the expectation, which I thought was cool. But the thing I liked about it is it's not trying to be an eighties movie. Like there's nothing a stick that doesn't take place in the eighties. At least. I mean, it doesn't, they don't tell you when it takes place, but it's definitely not trying to be an eighties movie, but there's a, a, so many movies try to be an 80s horror movie and they fail because it's either disingenuous or they just go for the fucking surface shit and they miss the sort of heart of the 80s horror movies. And that, I'm not even saying like the director set out to do it, but the movie has a vibe. Like if this movie come out in the 80s, I think it would be like highly regarded. Like pe people would really love it because there's this atmosphere, this vibe the movie has. Uh, and in fact, there's a lot of cool... I don't know if they're intentional or not, but there's definitely some cool like throwbacks or vibe you get from other 80s horror movies specifically a few different 80s horror uh 80s vampire movies excuse me um but yeah i really liked it i didn't think i was uh especially said by the start i'm like oh it was some bad acting and this is dumb the further it went on to it i was like i sort of appreciated it for what it was um so uh, i would definitely recommend it that would be the best thing as far as the new i watched a ton of older stuff too but uh of the stuff i'd never seen before i'd say that would be my highest recommend highest recommendation Awesome. Awesome, man. What about you, Derek? 
Well, you know, funny enough, I, I also watched The Shed, uh, and I, th I thought it was really well done. I agree with you, James, like I saw it, and, and I was so disappointed um, by the last, you know, Shutter original that we watched, we talked about in our last show, um, that I was a little skeptical going into this. Um, I also watched the, the Beach House as well, which was okay. Um, but yeah, this, like, far exceeded my expectations, there definitely was, like, an, an 80s vibe to it without actually like saying directly like what time period it, it takes place in. Um, yeah, I just thought it was a really unique take. I, I totally agree with you. I think there, there's a lot of throwback to, to like 80s, you know, movies, 80s vampire movies. Um, it, it's kind of got the, uh, you know, like the, you know, sweet revenge on bully type, uh, yeah. you know, mentality in there. You know, it's like the kid, you know, kind of my give me a little like 976 evil, uh, you know, yeah. vibe in the sense of the, the bully kid, you know, kind of getting some payback on, on the cooler kids or the kids that yeah. torment them. Um, but yeah, I, I thought it was, I actually thought it was pretty well done compared to like what I thought it was going to be. Um, I think sometimes Shutter Originals can be a little bit hit or miss. And I, I thought this one got a lot of things right, like probably more than it did got wrong. So, yeah. And the thing is, I mean, obviously these weren't well known actors. Like I said, it's weird because. You know, uh, uh, Frank Whaley is a really great actor. You know, he's he's you know doesn't do much now, but he's definitely would have been the best actor in the movie. And they gave him the role that requires <laughs> required no real dialogue for the most part, or very little. Um, no spoilers, but uh, but yeah, I thought even though like it had some amateur, especially like I said, the first like when he's with his parents, like in that you know sort of dream thing that he was doing i was like oh some of this acting is bad but it sort of like found its charm like quickly and i was like yeah they're they're not it's not the great actor but if you go back and see uh something one of my favorite movies like the gate there there's not a lot of great acting going on in that movie but you sort of forgive it because it's it it's good enough and it sort of it builds off the atmosphere and, and the story that it's telling so yeah I, I agree and i think the 976 evil thing is really very astute there's also a fright night sort of thing with it uh that i won't get into but uh yeah, totally agree. Uh, I did. I watched some uh, kind of kind of throwback movies. Um, I want to go for something a little supernatural. The other night, I watched uh, uh, 1408 with John Cusack. I love it. Sam Jackson. I, I always forget uh, what a great movie that is. It's every few years I'll I'll kind of get inkling to to watch it again. I've always found like little nuances with it. Like every time I watch it, that I, I kind of miss out on the first time around. So um, I think it's it's very visually like appealing movie too it's kind of a mind fuck yeah absolutely. um but yeah really well done um I probably something that would have made you laugh uh, so for the past few weeks i keep trying to think of myself like james is always talking about this movie where his favorite line is uh bodacious boobies says and i'm like where is that from racking my brain all way now i could i could have uh gonna ask you but i was like there's no fun in that so i just started binge watching as much as i can and then finally today uh, i'm watching night of the demons and all of a sudden the, uh, everybody's seen the movie the younger brother which by the way like i don't know what it was about 80s movies that required you to be a younger brother spying on your sister getting undressed yeah um that's not okay folks like <laughs> not like, okay but definitely was a thing yeah it was definitely a it was definitely a thing and uh yeah all of a sudden Audacious boobies, sis. And I started cracking up in my office so bad. I was like, that's where it's from. Um, so I also very much uh, forgot about the whole like lipstick and the nipple. Yeah. Uh, the as well. Uh, I was like, okay, well, that just happened. Um, it's a very interesting use of lipstick, but sure. Okay. We'll, we'll go with that. Uh, yeah. So many, uh, so many funny one liars in that movie. Totally forget how funny it actually is, like on the surface. And and creepy to boot. So forever and ever, I keep telling myself every Halloween that I'm going to go with Stooge uh, for Halloween, and yes. legitimately cut my hair into like a blonde mullety thing, like that you know punk mullet he had. Uh, I haven't done it yet, but maybe someday. But Stooge is one of my all-time favorites. Uh, he's such a piece of shit, but at least, but yeah, that's one of the best. I, that movie is amazing. The sequels. Part two is not great. The remake isn't great, but uh, I still enjoy all of them. But the first one is. What yeah, I yeah, I haven't seen the. Uh, I mean, I saw part two a long time ago. That was the other thing I watched too. Um, was uh, Pro Prom Night Two, uh, which has nothing to do with the first one, but 
but I actually still like it quite a bit. Um, so I can't complain too much about it because uh, it was I think more entertaining than Prom Night 1 to a degree. So, um, but yeah, that, that was it. I, I'm really excited. Uh, we were talking about this beforehand. A um, couple of, like, I think some, some good movies that are coming out soon. The, uh, we talked about the follow-up to Into the Darkness, the documentary. Um, going to be on Shutter in October. So I'm really excited about that. Uh, Train to Busan Peninsula, I think, is going to be coming out. It's already out. Um, theatrically, but I think it's going to be coming to shutter eventually. Um, so I'm excited about that. Huge. And of course, um, you know, one of my personal favorite movies, uh, on Thursday, it's the babysitter too. Let's cross our fingers for tomorrow. Weaving sighting. Um, maybe I will, I will stupidly <laughs> enjoy, uh, something or deadly something. No, it's, uh, it's, uh, killer queen. Oh. Oh, okay. That's cool. Yeah. I was like, well, um, I mean, any any opportunity I get to see Bella Thorne get shot is probably. Um, oh, boy. Hot topic. <laughs> I'm, I'm kidding. No, enough of that. I don't, I, you know, like, you want to pay money for people to like the end fandom thing? Like, oh, I give a crap. no. I give a crap about that. Well, no, no, definitely not. And I know that's a sidebar, but. She kind of screwed like the the a lot of the other workers that you know yeah. are not celebrities uh, yeah. by doing some stuff. So and she it, also did some shady shit on it too. So yeah, well she's a Bell- she's a shady person. Yeah, yeah. So well said. Fuck yeah. you, Bella she's, Thorne. She's, she's, Fuck you. Yeah, she's shady. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Why can't you be more like Zadea? You know, you guys were on that show. You're on the Disney Channel show. Look at Zadea. She's in Spider Man. Exactly. And, and and you're 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 hooking it. <laughs> Half the drugs, kid. Um, Anywho, though, I, I'm excited. I'm personally excited about that. Uh, though I think I, I might have already pegged the ending, but we'll see. We'll see if I'm off or not. But it'll be it'll be the stupid enjoyment of my Thursday at some point. So there you uh, go. I'm very excited about that. But yeah, uh, good stuff coming up. But yeah, watch a lot of throwback stuff this week. So, uh, but definitely like the shed. Um, there was something else I watched too, and I can't for life me think about it. I should really start writing this shit down too. Um, <laughs> but my memory is dog shit, so I have to. Otherwise, well, we know. Yeah, yeah, we know. I, I know you know. I know you know. <laughs> I thought that was only reserved for when we were trying to think of the names of people. Yeah, that is true. It's That's... it's just dog shit. I gotta I gotta start taking some Jinko Biloba. Hey, you should try. <laughs> Not a sponsor of the show, but I heard I've heard good things about it from other wrestlers. The Alpha Brain. Uh, I've heard that. I've yeah. only heard those commercials as well. Maybe. Alpha brain does it does it help you work a mental sweat up here? Yeah, it it, it just it's, here? It, it's, it's supposed to keep you sharp. Uh, you know, I think it's a uh, if I'm not mistaken, it's a Joe Rogan product, like actually made by his company. Uh, but I could be wrong there. But anyway, well, that's great, yeah. guys. I mean, that's a uh, it's a very uh, thorough review of what y'all watched this past week. Uh, and then we should get into today's topic, uh, which is something that we we're we we're, we're Reviewing again, but in a separate way. Is that correct? Well, well we're going to yeah. do it specific this, this yeah. time. So we're com- we're going back to the eighties. All right. Yep. Getting in at Delorium, or we're going back in time. Going to have a um, bitch in time today. Are we, and we're doing yep. a, we're doing a top five. We're doing a top five because that's what you do in trilogies. Man, this we haven't is, done uh, a, we haven't done a top list in a in a long time. Just been working top. on this bottom list, you know. Yeah, bottom. Well, you know. <laughs> Hey, there. It's hard when you get a movie you hate. You know, let it go. Gotta um, let it go. But gotta right. let it go. So yeah, no. Let's. Uh, uh, w- specifically, what are we doing? Let us let, let the. What are we so doing? we we thought there's there's so much uh, in the eighties, um, and we thought we would uh, we would limit to our, our top five eighties creature features. Nice. Very um, nice. Now, I'm sure with certainty there may be overlap on this list um, between James and I. Because there's just some that are so good, you, you can't forget them. Gone are the days when y'all used to send me the list beforehand, and I would know what y'all were about to talk about. But hey. We can get back to that. But we so rarely do top fives anymore. That's top true. That, that's very true. But there's so much other things to talk about. That's that's why. Hey, but Derek, I'm gonna, I think you're going to be surprised in this one. I don't think we're going to have any overlap. Okay. Well, I'm gonna. On that note, then I'm gonna let you kick it off first. There we go. Um, 
Okay, yeah, I'll happily kick right. it off. So, okay. I, uh, so, I mean, in the, in the tradition of these kind of shows, my caveat for this was I tried to find movies that I genuinely do think are great and, you know, deserve a mention. But, again, maybe we haven't talked about on this podcast. Uh, so, I actually just started going to the ones of some of my favorites, specifically my favorites. Um, so, we're going to start with a movie that uh, I don't think we might have talked about on this podcast in passing. Um, but is uh, the movie uh, Terrorvision. Uh, which has one of the greatest casts of all time. Uh, you have Diane Franklin, you have John Grease, who is, you know, in every movie I love. You have Garrett Graham, uh, who plays Beef in the uh, Family of the Paradise, and he's just a great character actor. Mary Warrenov, who is, she's the principal from Rock and Roll High School. She's, uh, she's in uh, House of the Devil, which is one of, you know, more modern films I love. But um, it's a really eccentric movie. Um, it's very satirical, especially very satirical of the time. Um, it's directed by the vastly underrated Ted Nicolau, uh, who uh, directed this. He also directed a movie we talked about recently. I mentioned recently, uh, Dungeon Master. Um, but but he basically in the '90s he basically was just he was one of Full Moon's go-to directors because he did the Subspecies. Uh, I think he did all, all every single Blood Species movie. He did uh, Puppet Master versus Demonic, Demonic Toys. He did Bad Channels. He did all kinds of uh, um, full moon pictures. But I think this is his best movie. Um, and like I said, it's very satirical. It's very satirical of the time in the 80s. And like you have like um, these sort of really creepy suburbanites who like, you know, uh, obsessed with doing yoga uh, or so it's not yoga. Sorry. This was the eighties uh, 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 aerobics. Um, Jazzercise. You know, yeah. Well, yeah, specifically like, you know, eighties style aerobics. Um, and uh, you know, they're swingers and they're creepy. Um, uh, Diane Franklin, who I, you know, had a giant crush on from uh, uh, one crazy summer. Um, not one crazy summer. Uh, better off dead. But John Grease <laughs> plays like, just like, Ricky, Ricky, uh, exactly. But uh, John Grease kind of every time he's in the mo- thing, he steals uh, the the movie because uh, he plays this like fucking like uh, you know this Sunset Boulevard '80s like fucking heavy metal guy, and he's such a dipshit. Uh, but he he'll always like, be he'll always be my favorite, one of my favorite werewolves. Absolutely, out there too, Louis. But he's um you know but anyways basically it's like they get this new satellite and it basically. It you know it calls it this disgust. I mean that's one of the reasons I, I it's on this list is it calls for this, this alien who's this sort of goofy almost silly looking alien who's also disgusting and terrifying. Um, uh, but in movies like just ridiculous like everything there's like this kind of like almost like Elvira type character uh, in it who's really funny and v- just very much of the time. The younger brother is like this like re- like he's a so the the grandfather is like this old general or like admiral or colonel or something in the military, and he's a he's basically a psychopath, and the little boy is like kind of a psychopath, and like, um, but just a really fun over the top uh, '80s movie. Uh, the creature design is so goofy and stupid, but it's like I said, it's legitimately also very disgusting. Um, so it's definitely on the list. Like I said, it's one of those '80s movies that um, you know I feel is a must watch, especially because it's so. There, even at the time, I don't think it was really. Un- I think it was a little misunderstood even at the time because of how satirical it was. Um, and you know, Ted Nicolau made it, it was specifically a point that he uh, he was you know sort of making fun of all these like you know, both like old style sitcoms and old style like family sitcoms and you know this vacuous sort of like suburban status and stuff. But and it's a really good movie. I highly recommend it if you've never seen it. And the monster, the alien little creature, not little, he's enormous. Uh, it, it, uh, disgusting and it's amazing. You know who's uh, awesome, awesome in the movie? He's awesome in a lot of things as well as uh, Garrett Graham. That's what I said. Yeah, Garrett Graham from from. Oh, Family sorry, I, I, didn't, I didn't even hear that. Yeah, I was gonna say. He's yeah, yeah, he's he's uh, also Bob the Chud. Um, yep. He's just. Uh, you know what? I I always thought of him as like the poor man's Clancy Brown, um, <laughs> and like very similar like just facial structure. But um, yeah, he's he's awesome too, and he's. Uh, he was one of my favorite parts of Terrorvision. Um, yeah, he played like this really like sleazy like dude, and he's so per- like this like 
yeah, it's disgusting, but amazing. Garrett Graham is a fucking, he's an icon to me. Like I said, he's in, he's beef from Family of Paradise. So that's all he, that's if he did that one movie and did nothing else, he'd still be an icon, but it, it's because of also movies like this that he's so amazing. So, but yeah, that's my number five. All right. All right. Is, you know, as a, a very solid start to this list. Um, so my number five, I, I decided to go with uh, something a little uh, underwater and aquatic. Uh, so I went Leviathan. Um, great uh, Peter Weller film. So if you're, you're a fan of Robocop, which it happens to be Robocop's 30th birthday. We'll talk about that in the other podcast. Um, but um, yeah, I, I always like, as a kid, and so this day of the ocean and, and its vastness always kind of terrifies me a little bit. A lot of things out in the ocean want to eat you including the ocean itself. So, uh, you know, to, to be underwater, and I think this this idea as a kid of, like, battling this, like, invasive creature, uh, you know, with, with on your on your boat um, or on your, uh, you know, underwater vessel, it's just creepy enough. But um, I, I love the practical effects in this as well. Um, kind of the, the metamorphosis change as the people on the, the crew were kind of melding together. It's, it reminded me, it was like, little bit of reminiscent of like the thing but not quite so um it's just kind of this you know twisted lob of human flesh um but yeah i thought it was a really great movie it was one of my go-tos as a kid um and just a really solid good underwater film as well and that, that's always a good way to get my blood pumping so um yeah a really great cast so i, I think you really couldn't couldn't get any better um the uh, sea creature movie from the eighties. So uh, it's, that is my number five pick. That's a solid pick, man. Can't can't uh, find any fault with that pick. Um, so my number four, which I I have talked about in this podcast, uh, um, is uh, Neon Maniacs. Uh, it's just it's first off, it's one thing I love about it is it's truly a creature feature because the whole conceit is these neon maniacs uh, that they're like. You know, they're very specific. They're almost like the village people of monsters. Uh, there's like a caveman and a fucking Native American guy and like a kind of knight kind of character and sort of like a kind of like a... Co- Anyways, there's just very... The village people vibe. But uh, it's just... The monsters are so crazy and weirdly designed and like it's the whole conceit is that it's just... I mean, the movie's name... It's you know, like Gremlins. The movie's named after these crazy creatures. But it's so... I mean, it's got all the bad you know like um st- there's like all the characters are very like douchey and like you know everybody's sarcastic and uh like I said, it I, as i mentioned before when we talked about it last like it takes place in san francisco and so there's a lot of like scenes where i'm like oh i've been there um but it's just a really stupid fun movie that makes no sense they don't explain these things outside of like very small amount of mythology they live under the golden gate bridge at the very beginning of the movie, a fucking homeless man just finds like these giant trading cards, and he's like, "What are these?" And they—they're all of the neon maniacs, and then they come to life and they kill him, and then they start this stupid rampage. They—they—they uh, they, they get on the Bart, which uh, they're the least scariest thing I've ever seen on Bart. But um, but yeah, it's a stupid movie. It's great though. Um, you know, it's definitely a thing where uh, most people, like the general public, would probably hate this movie. Uh, but I I know a lot of people that love the movie and embrace it for what it is, uh, and the fact that it's you know stupid and silly and goofy. But I love it, and all of the bad makeup and designs make it more endearing. Um, it's a it's definitely one of my it, it's a movie I watch pretty regularly. So that is my number four. The and I feel like it's a movie that could definitely be remade and do, like actually do something different with it or do so, like update it and do something cool because it's not like this like untouchable classic. It's just this weird little 80s movie so but anyways that's my number four oh, that's a excellent number four um honestly like and we talked about it before and actually i went and watched it shortly after we talked about it a while back on uh kind of the what we watched portion of the show um yeah very very entertaining movie great great creature feature as well um james i don't know if you, you ran into this problem but like trying to think of you know, number one, stuff we haven't already talked about. And number two, um, kind of like creature features. Do you find it really hard to not put like some of the kind of the classics on the list? Like first things that go, you know, come to my mind are like the thing or the fly yeah. or the blob or things like that. I, I definitely didn't put any of those on my list, but 
Uh, just wondering if you ran into that same issue trying to like think of. Well, yeah, because we've talked about, of course. I mean, obviously, if we're doing best of, and and again, I don't. I whenever we do these lists, I don't even really try to make it like a best of, because obviously, like Aliens is you know the thing. Those are all these movies that by this point, if you're listening to this podcast faithfully, uh, we we shouldn't need to even mention because you already seen them and they've already been well discussed. But I always try to like my my goal is always like trying to say not necessarily the best movies, but my favorite ones, um, which those things aren't always the same. Um, uh, you know, I, Citizen Kane is a great movie, obviously, but it, would I say it's in my top 10 favorite movies? No, because it they just hit me differently than it does maybe other people. Um, so I always try to approach it from a thing of like more of like, what's a movie I love that I could recommend? But yeah, obviously with this, especially 80, the 80s, especially creatures where it's like you have aliens and um, demons. And I mean, those are actual names of movie, but I was trying to say like creature is kind of a wide open term. So you have something like critters um, or, you know, the ghoulies, um, even those movies I want to talk about, but I even feel like we've talked about critters. We talked about or the munchies. Exactly. Or that we can talk about the munchies, the worst uh, gremlins ripoff ever. Um, but yeah, so obviously there's a ton because the eighties had so many of these great movies. So, uh, you know, obviously it would be much easier to talk about like the thing or, you know, gremlins or something, but uh, that's why I t- try to come up with movies. I legitimately love that. I think not enough people have seen. So that's always the fun part, at least. So at least for me. Yeah, totally. Uh, I, otherwise, I, that's it's exactly. Gonna be, uh, otherwise it's going to be like an episode. Every episode is going to be mentioning the same movies over and over and over. Exactly. Right. Which, you know, and, and I get it. Like, I, you know, people, people like talking about, you know, certain movies are fun to talk about, right? But our, our goal here is to uh, educate the public and uh, exactly. and give you things that you haven't thought of before. So you keep tuning back in and getting more shit from us that uh, we are we are giving you every week. Uh, and I'm, I'm going to give you a real gem uh, out of my list, number four. Um, I loved this movie as a kid. Um, I always thought it was it was very cool to me. It was like very pre Tremors, and it was a uh, the Deadly Spawn. God damn it, I was wrong. <laughs> what? Job, Do you have Derek. it on your list? Good that job, is my, Derek. That is my number two. Ah, you read it so high, too. Um, I, I love this movie uh, growing up. Um, I remember, it is the, even just the cover caught my eye as a kid. And uh, yeah, anything of like gigantic, like alien uh, <laughs> worms are, all, are always cool, anyways. Um, and this movie really just, you know, kind of centers down, like, you know, four teenagers um, in, a, in a small town that are really trying to, like, battle their way through this uh, kind of alien invasion. So that's these giant um, worms with, like, very uh, nasty teeth. Uh, they have quite a few uh, rows of teeth. Um, kind of like a, looks like a, a big vagina with teeth. Um, a worm. But... It, yeah, I, I just I just loved it. The effects weren't great. The acting was it was such a fun movie to watch um, when I was growing up, and it always stuck in my mind. And I haven't watched it in a very long time. Um, I just want to try to find out where I can watch it um, to check it out again. But um, for me, you know, I um, you know movies like Invaders from Mars or um, you know this particular movie, anything where it had like Night of the Creeps. That had aliens from outer space coming down, like terrorizing small towns, is always uh, have a very near and dear place to my heart. Um, so, but yeah, just the, the creature in this was ridiculously funny, but he was also very, like, it was very practical. And I always love that over like CGI stuff we get nowadays. So, um, as as why it's on my four, um, I really enjoyed it. Maybe somebody else will will like it as well if they get a chance to watch it. And I'm very excited to get your take on it, James. I'm excited it's on your list. Well, you know what? I'm because I had a few that were like, I'm going to change my mind up. Uh, so we, I started with some different, but I do want to say also, I agree with everything you said. I think the movie's amazing. In fact, they just on the design of the monsters alone, the deadly spawn are one of the crazy, like I did, they're silly looking because they're so over the top, but they're genuinely also very scary. Uh, and the, the, the final scene in this movie is genuinely like, kind of like scary, uh, kind of a surprise. Oh, yeah. Uh, um, uh, so, but yeah, mad, res- mad respect. Was, yeah, it's, it, it was, it was very high up on my list, but, uh, I'm going to change it up a little bit. So, uh, okay. so All right. something different. Um, 
So in that case, I'm going to switch it up a little bit, move my my list around. Uh, so there's a like I had a few honorable mentions. This was one of them. Um, I have I think I mentioned it like it just like I had seen it re- uh, on this, but um, I'm going to talk about Lair of the White Worm, uh, a random British horror movie um, that's so fun and so campy. Um, uh, it's an early Hugh Grant movie, um, but it's basically about. Uh, apparently, it's based off of um, a, Br- a Bram Stoker novel, um, but uh, about this urban, this English like urban legend, this English you know legend called the Lambton Worm. But it's this fucking really funny, kind of sexy. I mean, it's directed by Ken Russell, so it's like he's a f- great filmmaker, and it's got a really good cast. Uh, Amanda Donahue. Um, the special effects and makeups are really cool in it, but it's basically like this sort of like very, it's a very British film. It has this very British sense of humor. Like I said, it's kind of very sexy, but it's basically like this, there's this like snake God, this it's called the Lambton worm, but it's like this giant snake God that lives in, in this uh, English countryside. And, you know, nobody believes it's just a legend. And, um, and then you find out, spoiler free but you know you find out uh that it's not just an urban legend and um is you know, like hugh grant's really really great in it um the whole cast is great even the the, the side character is really great uh the last like t- 10 minutes are well the last like 15 minutes are fucking really fun uh they're really generally both kind of like oh shit that's scary but also very like fun and kind of like uh and it, the film itself is also sort of winking at the audience a little bit it knows what it is and it's very self-aware so um if you're like laughing at it it's intentionally uh it's it's you know ken russell did that on purpose but uh but i really like it too because i generally think all of the special effects makeups are really well done the design is really well done um uh it's there's just some really cool imagery the all the sets are really well done the, the cinematography is great it's actually a really good movie um so but it's weird it doesn't get a lot of love over here um uh but it's definitely uh a very good movie um i would highly recommend it it's now my number three so there we go excellent it is also another another good one uh they recently but i i remember you talking about that one before i i have not gotten a chance to watch the full thing so i will i'm gonna add it to my list i'm gonna go check it out uh because you know who even at minimum, it's early Hugh Grant, and, you know. And he's very, and he's very. I mean, he's good in the role. He he played the role really well. So that's awesome. So I'm going to go with one that is not the not the original movie, uh, but it is the third in the uh, the sequel, and it it's Alive Two, Island of the Alive. Um, I'm sorry, Part Three, Island of the Alive. Um, I I like the It's Alive series, anyways. Um, this one is, is kind of beyond ridiculous to me, but um, anything that is like a mutant baby, locking uh, people down on this island, um, it, it's awesome. Um, I think this this also has some great actors in it. So it's got Michael Moriarty in it. Um, it's got we we just talked about it. Uh, Garrett Graham's in it. You know, it's it's got a lot of really like decently well known actors. Um, but it is just a movie that does not take itself very seriously at all, um, and that's what I love. That's what I love about it. There's some great like behind the scenes stories uh, that are um, that are there as well. Uh, there's there's uh, apparently there's a scene that has a rubber chicken hidden in it. So I've been trying to actively like watch it and see if I can find the rubber chicken. But um, yeah, it, it's a ridiculously crazy movie. Um, but again, I really like the practical effects and. Um, it, it's just a fun watch for me. So, and it's got a, a lot of different creatures in it. So, if you want creatures of all the shapes and sizes, that is a a good movie to check out as well. Well said. Yeah, I agree. And I think it's funny because I think uh, it's alive is very similar to Basket Case, where the first film is like kind of low down and dirty and like kind of very sleazy exploitation sort of style, and then the sequels just get more and more like campy and ludicrous. So. Uh, but I'm a big fan of the series as well. Um, yeah, I almost put basket. I almost put basket case on here. Um, it was very, it was very hard, hard for me not to put it on here. But I was like, oh yeah, we haven't talked about it. it's alive. And it's very similar vein, so I'll, I'll, I'll bring this one up instead. Well said. Uh, so 
my new number two movie, uh, which was my number three. And if I'm saying my favorite movies, it would definitely be number one. It's one of my favorite movies ever made. But it's only it's number two on this list because it's kind of obvious. Uh, but it's one of the greatest movies ever made. It's uh, Little Shop of Horrors. Now, obviously, it's a great movie. If you've never seen Little Shop of Horrors, and and I'm talking about the uh, uh, Frank Oz, uh, you know, the 80s musical one. Um, but obviously, it's a great movie. It's one of my favorite subgenres, the horror musical. Um, everything about it's great. The music is great. All the performances are phenomenal. Every single person, all the, all of the, um, uh, the, you know, the cameos, the John Candies, like the, they're all, all of the cameos are great. Um, but here's the thing is it is a fucking great monster movie. It is a great monster movie. And the fact, so obviously it's, it's an homage or a kind of a remake to, uh, you know, Roger Corman movie of the same name. It's had multiple stage, different kinds of stage productions. Um, but it's also very much, all of those are an ode and an homage to fifties monster movies. Um, and I think it's just a monster movie. Take everything away from it. It's great. First off, Audrey two is one of the coolest design movie monsters fucking ever. I will fight anybody who says otherwise. It is the, first off, the fact that it's a, they were able to do that with a fully puppet, you know, in that if this day and age that creature would be done digitally and it would lose all of its impact, all of its charm. Um, uh, 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 not Levon Helms. I'm blanking on Levon Helms. That's a <laughs> completely different person. Uh, is it Levi Stubbs? Um, I should have looked this up. Uh, voice of Audrey Two. Um, it was Levi Stubbs. Yeah, the great Levi Stubbs. The um, could not have been better cast, both as even as a speaking voice and just as a, as, as as an actor. Um, it's one of my favorite movies ever. I, it's perfect. I watch it monthly almost. But uh, but it's also I don't. I mean, yeah, it, it's a comedy musical. Uh, some might say horror adjacent, but as an actual monster movie, it's fucking impeccable. The mythology, the original ending, which I'm I'm sad that they took away the original ending. Uh, for those that don't know, the original ending was much darker uh, than the ending we got cinematically. Um, uh, but, you know, how do you hate Seymour Cresborn? Like, he's like the sweetest character in history, even though he does commit murder multiple times, which that's a crazy thing. It's like, it's you love this character in Rue form, but he's done some pretty heinous things. Just some not so great people, but still. Uh, mm. Anyways, not going to turn this into a complete love letter to uh, uh Little Shop of Horrors, but it's great. Every song is great. Every performance is great. The script is fucking amazing. Everything about it's great. So, and it's a legitimately a great monster movie. It, it is. just happens to be a musical. And uh, Steve Martin as a dentist was always my favorite. Part. Of course, absolutely. So, uh, it's the only thing Jim Belushi's ever been in that I like. <laughs> that's a lot. Yeah, and that's it's probably only because it's your one of your favorite movies. Well, he, he's really good at the character he plays. and Like, he's not like, you know, it's not like Red Heat or something where he's trying to play some macho guy. He's playing kind of like a scummy opportunist. So, which is, that's who Jim's, Jim Belushi is. So anyways, but yeah, my number two, couldn't recommend it enough. If you've never seen it, I don't know what the fuck is wrong with you. Well, anyways. what do you think about, what do you think about the, uh, them doing a reboot of it? But they're not, I've heard people talk about that it's a possible, like, you know, but Nothing's been done with it. So I mean, it's like a reboot, reboot. Yeah, exactly. One. Well, the thing is, like, tell you what, put, put Rick, uh, Rick Moranis in there as a as a as a cameo or an older Seymour, and you know, we'll we'll talk sequel then. I just hope Rick Moranis isn't Ghostbusters, like, and they're just not saying anything. That'd be great. He said he wasn't. He said he wasn't. But again, uh, this is the Rick Moranis fan club. Rick yeah. Moranis. I judge friendships based off of uh, if I say like, "Oh man, I love Rick Moranis," and you go, "Who?" I'll never talk to you again. <laughs> exactly. You are dead to me, dude. Yeah. Rick fucking Moranis, for God's sake! What is wrong with you, anyways? <laughs> um, yeah, getting so hot in here, you can melt off the frozen food. <laughs> A very underrated uh, 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 
Rick Moranis' role is in the movie Straits of Fire because he plays very against type for Rick Moranis. Uh, but you know he's he's great in that too, and that's another movie which I've, I think I've talked about this on this podcast. But Streets of Fire, great movie. Anyways, Derek, your number two. My number two, uh, not as, as warm and cuddly as uh, Little Shop of Horrors, um, is uh, the 1988 movie Slugs. Um, I was wondering if we were ever going to talk about slugs in this podcast, but there you go. We've yeah. been talking about, we're going to talk about slugs because nothing is creepier. I don't know what it was about the 80s. I really don't. I was thinking about this the other day, but man, they were all about slugs getting in your brain. Yep. There's like a lot of movies that have slugs that are like burrowing to people's uh, bodies and going in, into their brains. But slugs by far has one of the best death scenes ever, like uh, in my opinion. Uh, the, the scene at the restaurant is just fucking amazing. And uh, these little slugs, they do some damage. Um, it, 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 not just one reason, but uh, at the end when, when the guy falls into the vat and the sewer too, that is always, uh, always gets me. Uh, you're like, no! Because he was actually one of the good guys. Um, but yeah, such a great movie. Um, definitely thoroughly creepy. If you haven't checked it out yet, if you want to watch a movie about a town that's overrun by giant carnivorous slugs. Uh, um, yeah, you, you can't cannot get any better uh, in this particular movie. Um, not a super, you know, I don't watch it in, in the cast as a pop out of me and, and a ton of other things, but, but you would recognize some of them if you saw them um, in, in other movies. But I think, um, yeah, overall, a great little creature film. You know, creatures don't always have to be big, be little too. And, uh, Yes, it definitely slugs. It definitely still gives me the willies to this day watching it. The slugs aren't even supposed to be that bad. But um, I can't watch SpongeBob anymore. It's the second most disturbing (laughs) slugs movie, taking second place only to uh, uh, Stand By Me. Because he found a slug on his dick. Was it it Leech, though, right? Oh, yeah, that's right. It's a Leech. Oh, I'm totally wrong. That's okay. I mean, you know what? Equally creepy. But yeah, still creepy. But yes, of slugs. Yeah. That's the thing I loved about the 80s is like, they took a lot of there's like a lot of creature movies and they would take you know, something kind of innocuous like a slug and then turn it into this terrifying, creepy, gross thing and that's yeah. can't stay enough I, about that. Fun fact, every time I went to go swimming in a lake when I was a kid, the first thing I would do is like check to make sure there was no leeches on my dick. Right. Um, <laughs> thank you, thank you. Stand by me. Just ruin swimming for me. Um, yeah. And if it said there were leeches in the lake, fuck that. I wasn't doing it. You know, I wasn't getting in there because no, no slugs or leeches on my wiener. Yeah, that sounds so, horrible. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Hi, right, my friend. We are we are at that time. We're just at number one, number one spot. So one my number one, uh, which uh, I can't give. A higher recommendation to is Larry Cohen, which popping up on this podcast. Uh, Larry Cohen's The Stuff, um, one of the greatest monster mo- or creature movies ever. It's so bizarre, it's so satirical. Um, there's a kind of running theme with that tonight, um, but it's a great. It's you know, it's and remember as a kid, I I, I it was a movie I remember, but I couldn't even remember the name. Like The Stuff is such a you know, such a generic name as a kid. I didn't never remembered, but I remembered specific scenes and a lot of the gross scenes in it. But, uh, you know, I remember being in my twenties and sort of like rediscovering it and really loving it. And for a long time, it wasn't, you'd bring it up and people had no idea what the fuck you're talking about, but it's finally gotten, uh, you know, some, uh, love. I mean, Larry Cohen's become very celebrated anyways. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a great movie. I'm, I'm assuming if you're a fan of horror movies, you've seen it or at least heard about it. Um, basically it's, this uh, it's almost like as if they're you take the blob the same sort of thing an alien thing comes from like or you know the original blob but you have like this alien goo substance but instead of like a horror traditional horror movie where like you know uh we're it we're scared of it or the government wants to test it uh a company basically starts marketing it and it's very satirical it's very much about 80s consumerism it's eating it like hey yeah. creature you're tasty i'm gonna you in my body now but uh 
you know, it's got a good cast. Michael Moriarty, Michael Moriarty is in this as well. Um, Paul Servino, Garrett Morris. There's a ton of people in this, but uh, um, yeah, it's crazy that it's, you know, the, the, it's actually got a little boy, eighties, a little boy actor who I, I find actually pretty endearing. Like you really root for this kid cause nobody believes him. Um, uh, but yeah, it's a great movie. The special effects are really cool. Um, you never thought like a white marshmallow fluff fluff would be so scary uh but it's very like is it very if you've seen larry cohen movies it's definitely in that same vein um uh you know like i said but it's very again one thing i liked especially at this time was it's you know it's very much a kind of a satire of american consumer culture and like um america like how we brand everything and like how you know people just sort of if it's on tv we just assume it's great um so yeah, it's my it's my number one. It's a classic. Um, Michael Moriarty's great in it. The little kid, the kid that uh, uh, I think his name's Scott Bloom. Um, he's really good in it. Like it's it's a great movie. That's my could, number one. Could not agree more. Uh, yeah, it's a, it's a Michael Moriarty night because uh, he is uh, he is great. Uh, he's probably one of the most underrated characters in eighties horror. Is Mo. Yes. <laughs> I'm not as dumb as you think you think I am. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I love this stuff. Even as a kid, um, I love the ending of that movie. Um, it, it's, you know, if you know anything about consumerism in the 80s, it, it's a very apropos. Um, but yeah, I, such a good movie. Love the effects. Um, watch a lot of behind the scenes stuff on how they filmed the, uh, the effect where the guy was plastered to the wall and stuff. It's, it's a Michael Moriarty space. Um, yeah, such such a good movie. Uh, as as stretching it uh, from Texas Chainsaw Two, and uh, that's never a terrible thing. Um, <laughs> so, so yeah, no, great. I I could have picked a better one. It was it was very close to my list. Um, I I didn't bring it up because I mentioned before in another eighties uh, one we did. So I went with something different. I went with the nineteen eighty eight film uh, Watchers. Corey, Hanks. oh, good one. Nice. Um, first of all, if you want to watch a movie that has probably the most uh, adorable, what well, I think was a golden retriever in it, watch this movie because he's a good boy. He's super smart. Um, but yeah, it's, it's Corey Haim. What I really like about this movie is it's in this weird transitional period for, for Corey Haim where he's not quite, I think he had already completed the Lost Boys at this time. Or was it pretty close to it? Um, he definitely looks a little bit older, a little more teenish, you know, uh, not, not as clean cut. Um, yeah, it's basically if anybody doesn't know, it's, it's about a, a boy who finds a, a stray dog who's, who's actually a ultra intelligent dog. And that dog is connected to a, this like basically like a lab grown creature, um, in a research lab. And, and so the creature breaks out and is trying to get the dog. And of course, you know, uh, you know, being such a good boy, uh, Corey Haim, um, is, is bound to protect it. So they're kind of, kind of, you know, canine type team, uh, but better than Jim Belushi. And um, they, they get together to, to fight this uh, genetic being. Um, but I thought the creature in the movie was really cool. Um, you know, of course, Corey Haim was all in the 80s. So, you know, this one's kind of, I think it was maybe direct to video, not 100% on that. But um, I don't remember ever seeing it in the theater. But um, so I thought that was really cool as well. Um, but yeah, just just a really solid like uh, creature movie from the '80s. Obviously, we saw like a lot of movies like this um, that came out around this time, and some of them were kind of stinkers. So, um, and I think some of the follow-up sequels to this were, were terrible. But this and its original installment was really good, and uh, we really liked it quite a bit. So, so interest. So it is based off of uh, the Dean Koontz novel back when Dean yeah. Koontz was really trying to be uh, Stephen King. Um, it was actually the second. Uh, Dean Koontz book I ever read. Uh, I, I have an interesting story because in the book, in the book, uh, the dog gets dis- distemper, and I'm literally this is true story. I'm literally reading the book while I'm watching my own dog at the time, my dog King, go through everything that the dog in the novel is kind of going through. And I remember telling my parents, I'm like, oh, I think King has distemper, and my mom is, was like, only horses get distemper. I'm like, I don't know, man. I'm reading this book. It sounds exactly like. <laughs> what King is going through, and sure enough, my dog had distemper, and we had to put him down. Um, oh. So that's a bummer of a story. But it's just weird because like, how much of me I was literally reading the book at the same time, so it was really bizarre. But it was funny because I didn't even know when I read the book, I had never seen the movie. In fact, I didn't see the movie version uh, until 
10 years ago, 11 years ago. Like it was pretty recently. So um, I didn't even know it existed even. So um, I was on a whole uh, Corey Haim kick and, you know, seeing every horror movie I could see from the eighties in my thirties and uh, all the ones I'd missed throughout the actual eighties. And uh, I was actually surprised. It's actually like I said, I had never even heard of it. So um, I think afterwards I remember seeing the VHS box art, but I didn't put two and two together, but yeah, it's, it's it's actually a solid little film and they're pretty faithful to the tone of the book. Obviously there's huge differences. Uh, In fact, I think in the book, he's a black lab and not a golden retriever, but um, either way, it's a solid, it's a solid little movie and the best uh, Dean Koontz adaptation Uh, hideaway, which I think is Dean Koontz's best novel has the worst movie um, adaptation. Oh, what a bummer that was. Uh, The book was actually terrifying, but anyways, that's a good one. I, it's one that we've never talked about and one I haven't thought about in a while. So yeah, I, yeah the, the cover art too always reminded me of like, I actually didn't quite know what it was at first. Cause it kind of, it's, you know, the, the red Corey name face with the kind of the, in the other creature eye it's creature, but I always thought it looked like a guy that was like, you know, with a serial killer. So I thought it was a movie about like some stalker or something like that. Some but, dude watching. Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah, some dude watching. So, uh, you know, which we also find quite a bit in the eighties, but, um, yeah, I was actually pretty pretty surprised when it ended up being an actual monster itself. Um, question for you. So, was the other Dean Coots novel that you read Odd Thomas? No. Um, that was like one of the... I was reading them when I, I was literally in... Seventh grade? So, I mean, this was a long-ass time ago. Well, well before Odd Thomas came out. Um, I'd never read... By that point, I'd given up on Dean Coons. But some of his earlier movies... Uh, excuse me, his earlier books were actually fun. There's one, and I'm blanking on the title. My twin brother actually knows it really well. But basically, there's, like, this, like... It's one of the weirdest concepts, but there's, like, this group of, like, killers, but they have superpowers, and one of them is this giant humanoid... Like, this giant hulking dude who has four <laughs> testicles and no penis. Uh, so he's basically... He has all this testosterone raging through him, but he has no outlet for it. Um, like, man, that's, is, like, that's, like, four tires and no engine. Exactly. So, but, but, but the thing is, another weird thing is like he can teleport, but every time he teleport, like there's matter, like it's stuck in his brain. So it's driving him more and more insane too. Um, was it called the outsider something anyways? Uh, but it's a crazy, really weird, intense novel. But, uh, but yeah, by the time he was writing, a bad place. Is that what it is? Yeah. That doesn't sound familiar, but yeah, either way, bizarre, bizarre ass, uh, book, but, um, but yeah, I was big on I because the thing is at the time we had a used bookstore in uh, where I lived in Yucaipa, California, um, and I I had bought every single uh, Stephen King book they had at the time. And again, this was God, I'm really giving my age away, but this was probably eighty nine or ninety. Um, I was probably 12, 12 so probably eighty nine. So I had bought every single used copy I could find of Stephen King, and I kept seeing like for fans of Stephen King for Dean Coon. So I was like, okay, I bought like a few used books from this bookstore, a few paperbacks. And I didn't know who he was, but I, 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 I bought, I think three books that weekend. And then we would, we would go up. My aunt and uncle would take us uh, camping up in this, like this campground. And like with my brother, my, my mom and dad, my brother, and then their two kid, two, two of their three kids. Uh, that's a long story, but um but everybody would go out all day and fucking do all shit. And I would literally just stay in the camper reading Dean Koontz novels, which sums me up as well as anything I've ever said. So, but yeah, Dean Koontz, the wannabe Jack uh, or wannabe uh, Stephen King. But he had some, he had to do some, de- I mean, they're, they're stupid, but they're, they're, some of them are pretty fun. All right. There you go. Dean Koontz. Stephen King light. That's how we're ending the show with Dean Koontz. <laughs> <laughs> Well, great conversation as always, gentlemen. Uh, y'all did a, a great job at uh, formulating, uh, curating these lists uh, to offer some new and maybe unheard of uh, movies that our audience hasn't heard of yet. Uh, and of course, if you like this, you know, if you like this list and you watch any of those movies or think we missed anything, feel free to reach out to us on our Twitter and our Instagram. It's at Tank Rod Pod. That's T A N K R O D P O D. Uh, and use the hashtag uh, TP Massacre. And uh, don't forget to follow us on Spotify and subscribe to us on the, uh, what is it? the uh, Yeah, subscribe to us on Apple Podcast. Uh, but, yeah, you know, great conversation, guys. Uh, you know, uh, anything else we want to say before we leave? 
Yeah. Uh, nothing. Just excited that we're finally getting into Halloween season. So yeah, 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 man. And it is. Uh, it, it's going to be interesting this year. A good little Halloween, you know. Uh, I don't think. Uh... <laughs> well, uh, they just announced today that that LA County uh, was the first to cancel Halloween. So LA County, there's no trick or treating. You can't cancel Halloween. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. Is like for me, like there's always going to be. I mean, I. We're, it's gonna be Halloween in my house. That's all I know. Yeah, that's right. Well, it's gonna be uh, gonna be Halloween up in this Izzy. Uh, I'm just gonna go around and uh, and uh, just hide behind all the doors in my house and have my kids knock, even though they're old. And I'm just gonna either trick them or give them treats. And I haven't decided yet. Um, nice in, in, indoor trick or treating. I mean, yeah. could, maybe 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 the tricks will come when like they knock on the bathroom door. You could do it like the stores do and have that plastic barricade up. There you go. You know? Again. But anyway. I think if I, if I were to do that and I had a plastic barricade up with, like, uh, arms that stuck out, it would have to be silver and I would turn it into a robot. <laughs> well, let's see what happens then. Uh, well, you know, uh, for uh, Dirty Dirty Derek and Jimothy James Dean, I'm Tank Rodriguez. This has been Texas Podcast Massacre, and we'll see you on the next one.